I'm going to be doing things a little different this morning. I've, I've been as sure all morning as I prepared this message, and I've had this message in my mind for a couple of weeks, and and um, and preparing it. But I'm, I'm going to be speaking specifically about someone in just a couple minutes. But what I, I really feel like I'm supposed to do with us as a congregation is to wake up your faith. We'll wake it up, and we'll recognize, and we will utilize the faith that God has given us. You know, God can do absolutely anything, but he can do nothing without faith. Nothing. And you as an individual, as an individual here in this building, there may be things in your life and things that you're going through at this, at this immediate time that's important that you utilize and you give your faith to the Lord. You trust him with things. And so, <clears throat> first place, place I like to go is to Mark chapter 10. You know, we often are, we're often creatures of habit, and so we see things, and, and we believe they're there because we see them. But many of us have a hard time believing things that we can't see. We have a hard time believing it. <clears throat> I, could, I could tell you that there's a $1,000 bill in my wife's purse right here. You can't see it. I can't see it, but I can guarantee you there's a $1,000 bill in her purse waiting there for somebody to take. Come on, folks. Okay, not really, but let's say that there was. <laughs> there is an element that we have a, a tendency to struggle with, and it's about seeing something to believe it and not expecting it if it's not seen. When we come to God, we come to, we finally realize in, in the place that we are that, that we're inhibited because we're such sight creatures. I ever tell you all about a Jeep that I tried to buy years ago? I won't tell you again. But it was one of those things that I was gullible enough to believe someone, and I gave them $50 to go to this uh, government confiscation of drug um, vehicles and stuff. And I, I trusted him. He sold me a bill of goods. He made me feel like I could trust him. He made me feel like, oh, boy, everything he's telling me was true, and it was absolutely all farce. And so he got $50 richer, and I became $50 poor. I never, but the worst thing about it is I remember going home to my wife, and I told her about it. She went, you didn't give me $50, did you? Yeah. Yeah. First game, Matthew chapter 10. There's a, a many times that we believe things by seeing them. Romans 10, 17 says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing. Faith cometh by hearing. And when you hear it and you hear it and you hear it and you hear it over and over, it begins to resonate. I mean, you can become deaf and it just bounces off. Or you can begin to, to sit and think, oh, maybe there is truth to this. Maybe there is something. So many times in our life, throughout the day, we'll be looking for confirmation, confirmation. Or maybe we're not looking for confirmation. And all of a sudden, some, I come across the radio or somebody will come up and talk to you. And they'll give you such a confirming a word that you're saying, my goodness, I can't believe it. God, are you trying to tell me something? And then he goes again throughout that day. Somebody else comes up with the same type of reassuring word. He said, man, I believe God's really trying to speak to me. And many times he is. And that's exactly how he gets a little bit of faith developing in your person. But it's so hard sometimes to develop it on our own because we don't see things in the, in the spiritual realm. There's a man in the book of Mark chapter 10 named Bartimaeus. In the book of Mark, it's the only place it mentions that he's Bartimaeus and, and there different places that it's referred to about blind men or two blind men, another place a blind man. But here it makes it very personal. I want to really help us understand, hopefully for a minute, how personal this was to Bartimaeus. Someone often, we see people begging on the side of the road and, and I see them all the time in Dexter and I just go by or whatever. But, but this is a little different scenario. Uh, this man, I don't know if he had a tin cup or he had a blanket laid out there. He had, normally have a blanket that's sitting all day, and he would say things, and, and people would throw down change or what have you right in front of him on his garment there. And, uh, but this man was desperate. Look in chapter 10, verse 45, 46. 
They came to Jericho, and as he went out to Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. Now, I want to stop here for a second. We know that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's not seeing, it's not seeing anything that happened here this morning, but there's something about when we hear it, it becomes alive to us. Here we have Bartimaeus, he had never saw, he had never saw a glimmer of sun. He was in, intently and begging. He wasn't there taking anybody's, uh, taking anybody's time and he was begging. He was looking for a little bit of income, if you will. I'm gonna stick to my nose. He was intently begging. He never saw the crowd, but as the crowd matured and as it, more people were there, he began to hear the rustling of feet and, and the people talking among themselves and, and knew there was quite a crowd there. So you know he had to pique his entrance. His entrance, something began to, began to stir within his heart that something is going on. And as he sat there a little longer, he was intently begging a little more and hopefully a little more was coming his way. But in verse 47, while he was sitting there and he was hoping all this big crowd of people would come and bring him some type of revenue, he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. Did he see Jesus coming? But he knew because of the crowd of people, by all the, the whispering or the talking or the, or the stampede of the feet coming by, there was somebody important. And when he heard that he was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. Now, if I was buying this morning, and I was sitting here, I heard a lot of y'all coming around, and I never had hope. All I ever anticipated with giving was laying on my blanket and people throwing money down or et cetera, just pitching things at me. I would be excited about that itself. But when I heard that it was Jesus, there was something different about that faith element. There was something on the inside of him began to resonate, and he began to, a little bit of faith build up within him, a little bit of hope build up within him, and he began to say, Jesus, our son of David. Jesus, our son of David. I believe that everything within him was crying out to the, to the one that can make a difference. Now, why did he know about Jesus? He had never seen him. He never experienced anything of him. He never seen him do any miracles because he couldn't see, but he had heard something specific about him. He knew there was some validity in, in what he heard about Jesus. So, and so he said, well, if he's passing by, I'm going to get his attention. Have you ever got onto one of your kids or, or something? It's a, uh, uh, I'll just pick on Walker because it's easy to do. And, and, okay. Walker, come here. Walker, come here. Now, you notice that every time you begin to say something, your, your voice fluctuates a little bit. Walker, come here. Walker Layton, this is Miranda. Walker Layton, come here. Jesus, all he was wanting to do is be recognized. And he was desperate for something that could only come from him. He'd been let down enough times in his past, and I'm sure he was tired of being led around. He was tired of having somebody else help him make all of his decisions. Matter of fact, I believe he could feel something was different in the air. I believe he could feel something. I believe there was faith all across. Every one of those people began to, began to express faith, and, and I think he could feel it. How many of y'all uh, could tell about atmosphere? You could tell a, a room of atmosphere, a positive atmosphere. You could tell when people's faith are elevated. You can tell when there's a, a dampness upon things. Have you ever been around somebody? I'll just be honest with you. When I was praying here this morning, I sense a, a, a blanket upon faith, a blanket upon believers, a blanket upon, uh, I believe it was even, you can't even say this, but I believe it was demonic. It was upon this congregation. It fell across it. There was something about it. There was a heaviness instantly that, that began to infiltrate the minds of many people here and even, and even encountered mine briefly. And I said, okay, Lord, what's going on here? There's something in opposition about what's right and what you're wanting people to do is step out and believe in faith. There's something opposing it. So I did what anybody with common sense would do. I began to oppose it. Not in myself because I am no, I'm not holy. I'm not anything special myself. But I began to say, Father, I, I ask you to take authority in this thing. I ask you to take authority over to this. Heaviness is lifted. 
Jesus, son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. Verse 48. And many of the charge charged him to hold his peace, but he cried the great, uh, he cried the more a great deal. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again, but hopefully I won't hurt your ears or offend you. I believe his passion became more intense. Jesus, Jesus, son of David, be quiet. He would not be quiet. He was gonna overcome anything that would doubt with that would offend him or keep him from receiving what he needed to receive. Maybe Jesus would never pass that way again. Maybe it was a rare thing to him to be on the road that, the day that he came by. But it was a, it was a, pre, a predetermined thing. His, 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 his being there and him anticipating what Christ would do. And he charged him that he should hold his peace. And he cried, the more thou son of David have mercy on me. And it didn't, say, it, didn't say, it didn't say that Jesus did anything big. It just said that he stood still. We had a, a lot for the lost dinner last week, and, and people were talking nonstop throughout the crowd. And finally, I, I said three or four things. They never did shut up. They never did be quiet. So I put my hand up in the air. Just put my hand up. Now, we have a different meaning for that. What does that mean here? Why am I talking? But they understood that that meant it brought attention. When Jesus stopped, everybody hushed. Because it wasn't his nature just to stop suddenly. And Jesus began to pay attention to the man. Stood still and he listened to Bartimaeus. Verse 50. I'm going to read verse 49. Then Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called, and he called the blind man, saying, Be of good comfort, arise, he calleth thee. Now, I always think of, of myself, and, and maybe some of us have seen situations that we see someone like this, that he got up and started saying, He talked to me. He didn't. Not a bit. What was the one thing on his mind? He needed a touch from Jesus. He needed everything that didn't work to begin to work. He needed the pupils, new eyeballs, whatever it took. That's what he had desire of, and that's what he needed. Verse 50. And he cast in away his garment, rose, and he came to Jesus. Now, stay with me on this particular part. The part of his garment that, that he sat on was, his, was a, an outer garment or cloak that he put around him. But could you imagine if there was a lot of money laying on it? None of that had any value to him then. You know, we place so much value on so many things that we can touch and see. But man, the moment that we begin to, to anticipate Christ, the minute that we have a, 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 an understanding of our need for Christ, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. We thought, he may have thought of that little bit of change or money was laying there would have been important beforehand. And he might have thought his cloak was important beforehand. But at that instant, nothing was, was important to him. Except receiving his sight. You know what receiving his sight was going to detail, don't you? He had to start working. He had to start providing. He had to live totally different than he did before. But he was willing. It didn't matter what the, the, the end result was. He wanted his sight. 51, 52. And Jesus answered him, What will that I should do unto thee? Has the blind man seen yet? Has he? Has he seen a miracle? Has he seen a working of hands? Has he seen faith in action yet? No, he hasn't. He said, what do you want me to do? He said, I will receive my sight. And instantly, he said, your faith has, your what? Your faith, has, you, have, you have operated in faith and your faith has made you whole. You've made, you brought healing to yourself because of your faith. We need to wake up our faith and begin to uh, have a desire regardless of the outcome. Uh, regardless of the outcome, we need to have faith that we can believe. If he had not heard, if he had not paid attention to what he had heard, what if he had remained, but he had died blind, probably would have. Could he listen to the crowd and shut up? Could have done anything else, but he didn't. Go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Often we think of our circumstances are the different all our circumstances are so different, and my life is so different. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For a light affliction is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding the external weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but on the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so often we are all, every one of us get caught up in, a, in the right now. We just live for the right now. Do we not understand that everything we're investing in and, and what we're building our lives for is about what's coming after? Oh, my faith. Have you used your faith lately? I'm not saying you've come to church. I'm not saying you haven't come to church or you haven't prayed over your food. You haven't done certain little things because we're, because we're Christians. But have you really exercised it? Have you really expected it? Have you believed God for something that seemed bigger than what your height can provide? We all look at things. I look at my things. Our situation may, be com- may not be comfortable, but we cannot get to the place that God has for us when we're living this way. Sympathy prayer, do we elevate our sight? We elevate from sight to simply faith. We were talking this past week in, in threshold class, and, and, and I know my wife has been such a, an element of faith in so many ways. And we were talking about when our, our, our daughter and our son was out doing a certain things and living a lifestyle that was damaging to them. I remember all the time there would be scripture on the refrigerator, scripture on the door, scripture on her vehicle. There was scripture everywhere. Was there power in those scripture? Even though when I thought, man, why does she still have that up there? Look at this. Why does she still have this one up there? But she was believing what I and nobody else believed. She was believing those things, which we, as Moses, not Moses, but Abraham said in Romans, what I said about him, call those things which are not as though they were. And so many things she kept seeing, casting down imagination and how I think and how I believe and what I anticipate to receive and what I will receive, not for my good, but for their good, for our kids. It was huge. It was powerful. I think it was the single most powerful element that regardless when they came in our house, if they seen them, but when they walked out the, right beside the side door of the house, there's a scripture right there on the, on the trim work. You can't help but see it. What is it about you people of faith? When it seems like everything is going down the tubes and nothing, nothing could ever come out good of this. My situation is, is harder than anything you, you've ever imagined and I can't understand it. 2 Corinthians chapter five, verse seven. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk calling those things which are not as though they are. We walk by our faith. We walk by faith. When my father was murdered, and I'm sure this ran through my mom's mind, we walk by faith. We walk by faith. There's a man here in our crowd this morning, in our congregation, and I'm going to try to tell a little bit of, little bit of history on him. There's a time that he had other people intervene in his life because of faith. When he was a young boy, I believe he was about 10 years old, he, he developed a, uh, a condition called scarlet fever. So I did what anybody done. I got on the, the internet and I searched scarlet fever and I seen the, the side effects of it. And, and one, of the, one of the problems he had especially was a hole in his heart it, and it accentuates problems. And he had a hole in his heart and he couldn't function and and he had always been a, a rowdy person. He always been out done what everybody else done. I think there were several kids in the family, and and his doctor told him that you have to for about six months you got to sit by the by the wayside in a sense, and Bartimaeus, and just look, but you can't do. And after a week or two, I don't know how long he sat by the door by the window looking outside at his brothers and sisters and, and all the kids in the community and all the things that went on playing and playing ball and, and outside doing the things that kids do. And he just sat there. His mother said something to him, said she heard about a revival that was going on not too far from the house. She got said, get it together. We're going to go to that service tonight. 
And so she got her little boy together and he went with her and they went up to this service and he could tell you a lot more details than I could. But they went up there and he was prayed for because he had a need in his life. He had a hole in his heart and it was evidently a pretty good sized hole and, and a lot of side effects because of this scarlet fever. He said he went up front, I don't know if he sat in a chair or, or stood up or what they're doing, but they all began to lay hands on him and believe God for a miracle. The next day when he went home, it looked really bleak because he went outside and he started playing with all the kids. He never had another side effect from the scarlet fever. He was healed instantly. Instantly God touched him. And this is years ago in his life. Because he's an elderly man in our church now. He's at least 70 years old. And, and that's when he was a kid, so about 60 years ago. And then when he found out when he was a little bit later in life and, and, and things went on and he, got, he possibly had a stroke or something and went on to the hospital and they sent him up to Cape and they said he was going to have a month of rehab and, and a lot of things were going to happen in his life for this rehab and slowly he could possibly begin to recover, re, rejuvenate some of the, I guess some of his skills, I guess you would say, his mobility and thinking and talking. But there was another man that came into his life then. He knew this man. His name was Kevin Eskew. A lot of us know Kevin Eskew. Kevin just happened to come by the house, come by the motel room that day, and they just told him about all the extensive therapy he'd have to have and all the physical therapy and emotional. And he just had a word of prayer with him and believed God for something that only God could provide. God instantly came into the room, into that place, in that room, and filled it. And he was healed instantly of that as well. The unique thing about this is why. Why would God move upon his life? Why did, why did he, he said this to me, why did God move upon me? Why me? I'm not worthy of God to do this. And many of you all here this morning, you're not worthy. Brother Berger, just stand up. He was the man that was almost dead twice. And God, through his hands of mercy, came upon his life and bring healing to him. I want to give it all that praise. He couldn't tell you in itself because he gets emotional thinking about because he knew the details. I can't give you the details, but he knew the details. He experienced them. He knew how empty he felt and how lost he felt and how he was destitute for, for tragedy. And even at 65 years of age, God resurrected him and gave him life again. Maybe you're here and you don't feel worthy. You think, well, how do I exercise my faith? You just got to start believing. What you say, how you act, what you anticipate. So many of our lives have so many different needs. And many of our needs are financial. Many of our needs are physical. Many of our needs are emotional. Some of our relationship. Beginning to be, begin to believe in those things and speak those things. Man, I heard my wife so many times. We got to speak those things. We got to speak those things. There's not an authority in ours, but there is authority when we say negative things. We can bring negative negative things on ourselves. But when we're praying, we're speaking authority into our life. There's positive things. I'm going to give you an example. It's the last last place I'm going to go this morning. But I believe this is this is the most powerful passage. I believe in something that you've never seen. If you go to 1 Kings in chapter 18. It was just after a great victory this took place and Elijah had been at odds with Ahab and because Ahab had had so much compromise and stuff in his life. He'd always been at odds with him and always been, uh, just been all the conflict. 
But Ahab was about to believe in something that you don't see anywhere else I cannot recall in the Old Testament like this. Verse 41. And Elijah said to Ahab, get thee up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Now, I want to stop there first for just a moment, if you don't mind, because, because there was no rain. There was no rain even in the area. There was no rain. that hadn't seen rain in three and a half years. But he spoke something in faith believing. It's like some of you know what I mean when you speak things into faith, when you speak things into to a kid. You say, Father, I believe in the name of Jesus, they're going to raise this, this daughter up or this son up, and we're going to see amazing, amazing things in their life. Some of you know what that is, but others, that is the farthest thing from your mind that you can imagine. You just pray that God will do something. And he spoke specifics. Spoke specifics. Let me ask you, do you think it's scripture to be specific about what you pray? I'm going to say it again. How many of you believe it's specific that you speak uh, very detailed reasons or, or, or what, you expect to, what you expect to happen? This man began to speak. His name is Elijah, and God heard his voice. He told him he better go eat and drink, for there's a sound of rain. So Ahab went up once to eat and drink. Now Elijah didn't. Elijah went to pray. And he cast himself down upon the earth and put his knees face between his knees. And he began to pray. He didn't, you know, he didn't expect Ahab to go with him because it wasn't Ahab that's going to get to receive the blessing and receive the, the benefit of this because it was God. God had just performed a lot of miracles in, earlier in the chapter. He entered into prayer. And put his face between his knees, and he said to his servant, Go now and look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. Now, I spoke on this before, our main reference to this. He went the first time, and there was nothing. There was no cloud, there was no nothing. He sinned the second time, and there, there was nothing. And I believe he was intently, as intent as he could, could possibly believe God for. Go look again. He went back to praying for a, a miracle. He went, came back, nothing. Fourth time, nothing. Fifth time, nothing. Sixth time, nothing. And I don't know about the, about the servant. We don't know who he is, but, but he probably thought he was nuts. This is crazy. Elijah's crazy for asking for, go back and look for what? And then the seventh time he went and looked and said, Behold, there is a small cloud the size of a man's hand. He said, Get, tell Ahab to, to saddle up there. No, there didn't say that. He didn't say saddle up the chariot. Let's just read it and see. And it came to pass that as he went the seventh time, he said, Behold, there riseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up unto Ahab, prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, the rain, that the rain not stop thee. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have been thinking a big cloud, a big monstrous cloud. The whole sky would have filled up. But there's nothing but a small cloud. But how much did he need to receive to know that his prayer was being answered? He saw a small cloud coming, and he knew that was just the beginning. This morning, we need to wake up our faith, believe in things that no one else can see, praying for things that other people may not be aware of. Come back up, y'all. Would. common to look at life and deal with it accordingly. But faith is so different. Circumstances that seem so impossible. Turn these off. It's just a little cloud. But he didn't need a lot of confidence because always already believed in faith. But I'll say this to you this morning. Your very future is depending on your faith. Your 
very future depends on your faith. There's a lot of things in life that we'll never understand that I've never understood. But there's one thing I know. That faith, it's impossible for you to have peace with God, for you to have answers to prayer. There, the very future, the very rest of your life It'll be based upon this one statement. That faith, it's impossible to please God. Do you believe that? Wake up our faith. Wake up our faith. You know, when you're in the middle of a, a faith thing, you used to get, see God work and all the greatness of it. Let me tell you what's different in most of our lives. We see big things happen. We we kind of justify them or rationalize them. But Mr. Berger he held on to a truth that was truth then. It carried him throughout his life and he saw it, knew the faithfulness of God. Matter of fact, he even knew that faith rendered, even when he was older in his life, proved to be faithful. And every one of our lives in here, you could go on living the way you do. And you don't may not have any needs financially. You don't have any needs, something that you can lay your hands on. But you may have a need of something internally or in a relationship or whatever it may be. Until you start exercising faith, it's impossible. It's impossible. You will never see an answer. And the reason I say to you, wake up your faith. Wake up your faith. Bartimaeus could have sat there and was quiet. And his Elijah could have been quiet in faith too. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? possible the things we we talked about it in nature just just not possible people receive healing like it just doesn't happen people pray that there be rain and there hasn't been raining three and a half years and a small cloud comes up and he begins to capitalize that his faith just wells and the, and the cloud as his faith begins to swell so does the cloud and by the time they got to where they was going it was a full monsoon rain In your life, you need to begin to begin to pray in the same way.